Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's podcast. I have one of your favorite guests on today. I have my dad, Gary Irvin, fresh back from summit number six of the seven summits of the world with some new lessons to grandkids and lessons for life. Hello, dad. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Mal. (laughs) So if you guys are just now tuning in, my dad has set out post 60 years old, right? 62. Post 60. To climb all seven summits. The seven summits are the highest point on each of the seven continents, correct? Yeah. And only 400-something people in the entire history of the world have done this. So, my dad has just finished number six. You know, this includes Kilimanjaro and Everest and all of the mountains. And he's just come home from Karsten's Pyramid, which... We are going to talk about today because he learned some new lessons. And then next year, he is planning on doing summit number seven, which is Denali. When my dad goes on these mountains to make it worthwhile, which he thinks it's definitely worthwhile, but to record his legacy and all of his lessons and stuff, he writes these really cool lessons to his grandkids. So when you climbed your first mountain, I was having Ford, right? Right. And I felt terribly guilty. I was... (laughs) in a tent in a snowstorm in Mount Everest and uh, you were having my first grandkid. So that's kind of where it got its start. You know, it's funny, there's there's no computers, there's no social media, there's nothing. The only two things that work on top of a mountain is a piece of paper and a pencil. Ink pens don't even work. So so I took those two pieces of things that worked in, in my mind with low oxygen and started writing down my lessons to grandkids. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Um, he's got two grandkids and then he's got one on the way. My sister is about to have a baby. So these lessons are are really amazing things to leave to our children. So this has become a popular podcast. We've done a couple podcasts together and we hadn't done one since August. So I figured coming into 2020, some of these lessons are just, yeah, they're really amazing and, and a lot of people really connect with them. So I want to try. I want to start this out with um, just his first paragraph on his blog. So each time he does one of these mountains, he writes these blog posts. He has a website called GaryClimbsMountains.com. I thought of that title and made him do a blog, <laughs> but they're really great. So uh, I'll put that in the show notes too. But he starts out post one. It says Karsten's Pyramid is the highest peak in Oceania, a continent of islands that includes Australia. It is in Western Papua, Indonesia. A 16,000-foot mountain, as wild as the country is in. Indonesia is a country of 250 million people, 17,000 islands, 350 ethnic groups, and 750 different languages. To access the mountain, it's a four-day walk through the jungle. Recent tribal uprising and a few kidnappings and murders have made outfitters choosing to get on this mountain by helicopter flying over the jungle. Have most outfitters choosing to get to the mountain by flying over the jungle. I'm a little disappointed. Part of the beauty of the mountain is the culture around it. 
I was looking forward to meeting the cannibal tree dwelling Karoe. How do you say that tribe? (laughs) Karoe tribe (laughs) that lives in the jungle. I guess you weren't so excited once all that stuff started going down. There's a bright side of not having to trudge through a soggy jungle for a week. We fly in and out of Bali, spending our extra days on some of the best surfing and most beautiful places in the world. So... Each mountain is different, just like each place in the world is different. So it's pretty cool, even if it is something like that, that is around the mountain. It's it's cool to hear about the cultures of the world. That's just wild. It makes you realize how lucky we are to live where we live. And it's part of the beauty that I've found in climbing. It's every continent has a different culture that surrounds it. And I've learned, you know, something about myself from the mountains, but I also learned something about the world and the people that I'm around while I'm climbing these mountains that are also uh, part of the treasure that I take with me from each mountain. Yeah. You know, this mountain you did four months after a really close call in Nepal. If you guys um, have been following me for a while, you know that it was about a a little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, and my dad had a close call climbing a mountain in Nepal. It wasn't Everest. It was a different mountain, and he had about eight blood transfusions. Gosh, how many? He had to get rushed off the mountain. Four surgeries. I see you for a week. I see you in (laughs) Nepal, which is... Scary to say the least. And you still chose to go back and do another mountain, even post that. My mom is just at the end of her rope sometimes when he decides to do things after experiences like this. But that is my dad. You know, these it makes these lessons, though, in this mountain, I think, even more special because you you chose to, to seek another one, to climb another one, even after the crazy things that happened on that mountain. We're really glad that you're here to tell them after that close call. So um, I'm also glad to be here talking about it. Yeah. So we're going to start out with the first lesson, which is strength and beauty. So the lesson, it says lesson to grandkid. Strength is fleeting. Physically, I can tell the difference year after year. Strength and physical beauty are liars. Over time, if you depend on them to carry you to the end, they will fail you. The purest form of strength and beauty is what you will develop from within. I've grown stronger with age and replace any physical loss with a mental strength that will keep me moving far beyond when my body tells me to stop. You know, people always ask me whenever I tell them that you climb mountains, they always say, oh my gosh, is he just this crazy athlete? And I'm like, you know, yeah, he's a, he's a great athlete. But my dad has something in his mind that nobody else has. And that's what you're, you're talking about here. And I want you to talk a little bit about that lesson because I think that's a really, really important lesson for all of us to learn. Well, I think I think it comes kind of as a leftover from Island Peak that I just failed on. I didn't I didn't make it to the summit and I almost died on the mountain with stomach bleed. And think about you know every year I, I may get a step slower and and but after doing this for six or seven years, I, I've gotten a lot better at it. And I knew to retreat on that mountain. I think my last post was a quote from Tatticus about live to fight another day. And, and this was kind of a leftover from that. And, and, and I've tried, it's kind of, kind of a negative tone to it, but I try to talk about how not to depend on just your physical strength. And a lot of people, you know, beauty or whatever attribute that you have with you today may not be here t- tomorrow. And, and, and my physical strength on these mountains is 
probably not what it used to be. And, and, and I, I, I don't take that as a negative. I take it as a positive that I've developed skills, I've developed a knowledge and understanding of mountains that has made me better uh, as a mountaineer. Yeah. Well, I just ask you too, because I, you know, I feel like so many people, they spend their whole lives, like I see older people that are just hanging on to youth and beauty or former athletes that are just so devastated that their strength is gone. And I just asked my dad, I said, do you think that that's a lesson that you have to learn when you lose those things? Because it's kind of hard. It's, I feel like it's tough to learn those lessons while you're still beautiful, while you're still strong. Yeah, and it it's probably something that you know I depended on. Yeah, it it is. It when you're forced with it, you know I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm, you know, these mountains are going to cause a lot of wrinkles and sun damage, and 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 you know, but I'm forced to live with that. And you either accept it or you fight it and try to try to stay beautiful with whatever means you've got, or you just accept this is the way I am. Yeah, and move on. Yeah. I think that that's a that's a fantastic lesson too because a lot of the people that listen to this they're young people. You know, that's a that's a big thing that I see all the time and and you're so right with that quote that we just read like it's it's what you develop on the inside that's that's most of your life that's going to last you through and that you're going to leave behind. So really cool lesson and Moving on to the second one, and I'm going to skip over this one. It's a really, really good one. So you should head to his blog and uh, listen to it. It's travel tips. So it's like lessons to grandkids for when you go abroad. And it's like do's and don'ts. Like, you know, be careful what you eat and carry hand sanitizer and learn basic words. Hello, goodbye, please. Thank you. Yes, no. Don't get into politics. You know, so many really fun lessons. And a lot, he, of it, a lot of it, we were uh, in, in our coaching from the race. Yeah, that? I was going to say, like, uh, that yeah, was... They, they told us, they said, you're in uh-huh. their country, be polite, be considerate. Yeah. And, me and, and my, I still take that, so... Yeah, well, my dad and I, we did the amazing race together. This is your first podcast that you're listening to with us, too. And I'll tell you what, there is not a better traveler than my dad. And I feel like that's, that is the reason that we did so well on the amazing race, and... I feel like that's something that you definitely carry into your travels with the mountains. So it's always cool to to see those. So you guys should check those out. But yeah, if he knew his, gosh, the lessons that he should really tell his grandkids is is uh, don't don't drink too much and walk home from bars by yourself, which is a lesson that he should have taught my sister before she went abroad. <laughs> she made it. It's all good. Okay. So we're going to go to lesson number three. So... Lesson number three is on patience. And wow, is there is that a lesson that we all need to learn? I want my dad to tell the story about learning this lesson on patience. It's from post three, and something kind of funny happened when he was uh, waiting to climb Karsten's Pyramid. It's really, it's a lot of time away from his family and his, and his work and new grandkids and stuff like that. So sometimes he wants to get in, climb this mountain, and come home. And you were on the base of that mountain for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. That's you start. Uh, you, you start after a week of nothing but torrential downfalls and snow and ice, and I, I was getting really, really, really bummed out. You know, and my post was about being patient, but I was losing my patience. And then what I had to do is I had to talk about. I had to. I had to assess where I was at. And I said, "I'm." There's nothing I can do to stop the rain and the snow. There's nothing I can do about the situation I'm in. And I just assessed, you know, kind of 
what I'm doing. And, and uh, I said, you know, what I'm doing by sulking and being miserable is is missing opportunities to see the beauty. And and so I, I kind of I kind of reset. You know, I'm not going to be able to go surfing after this because I'm stuck on the side of this mountain in the cold, dreary weather. But there are so many things of beauty that I could be doing and seeing it that by me being negative and and kind of impatient about this was my plan coming here. I was going to climb this mountain in the glorious sunlight and come back down and go surfing for a week. And yeah. it didn't happen. I stayed, I stayed in a miserable tent with a friend of mine and had to wait for one day to push to the summit. And, 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 you know, I, I had to really reset my impatience was, was making me miserable, was kind of, uh, you know, oh no, I'm waiting around for a weather report. And I was looking out of the tent of the grace guys and, and, you know, I was missing all kinds of things. And my lessons to my grandkid was don't let something or something that goes awry, awry just ruin and make you miss opportunities to see the beauty. Yeah. And you wrote like lessons to grandkids. Patience is truly a virtue. Getting upset at things that you can't do anything about is a waste of energy and will take you down an angry and negative road. Getting stuck in Tamika. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Potentially not making the summit of Karsten's costs weeks away from my family and work. And I dwell on these things. If I dwell on these things, I'll go down a dark road. I go to my checklist. Did my decisions create these outcomes? If so, what should I have done differently? And did I learn something? If not, then move on. Did I work hard enough to see the good in each day or did I focus on the bad? I know if you are not patient on a mountain and push, the mountain wins. Don't you feel like that's a lesson in life with a lot of things that you have to be patient with? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think of like the people that are the age that I am and I think of the things that I was impatient with in my own life. And, you know, whether you're waiting on an engagement or you're waiting to get pregnant or whether you're waiting, you know, whatever it is that you're like waiting for, or you're a young person that's like waiting for your dream job and opportunity. I think so many people are so impatient that they waste 10, 10 years of their lives away. And in the checklist, are you doing everything you can do to possibly win, win that mountaintop or to get to that goal? And if, if you are, then then shake it off and go yeah. on. Yeah, that's such a good lesson because I, I really, truly feel that that's something that you say it in the beginning of the post. Patience is truly a virtue. It really is. But I really like that because I always like to give people tools in these podcasts. And the tool in that and, and the thing that they need to take away from it is you have your checklist. Am I doing everything that I can do to achieve this or summit this or make this happen? And then you kind of sit sit back and do what you say. Focus on the good in the days because a lot of times you just dwell on the bad. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I can't surf after this because oh, all my time's gone. And, and I was going down that path. I, I, you know, and if you notice that you're going down that path, then reset yourself. Right. Yeah. All right. And now let's move on to um, lesson number four. Lesson number four is live for the seconds. And I really love this lesson. And it says this, live for the seconds. Our life is measured by a span of time counted by seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years. There are the seconds in your life that you will remember forever. Events like your first memory, your first kiss, your first job, your wedding, your kid's birth, a big accomplishment, conflicts, and death. They are embedded in your memory and time can't wash them away. Some events are outside of our control, 
but most are intentional and self-generated. I want you to measure your life in the seconds of the events that you create. And I love this one. And this is kind of a twofold lesson because to me, it's like thinking of those hero moments in your life as ones that you have to be really intentional about and you really have to create them. But you also have to create a mindset while you're traveling to those moments to enjoy your life in the meantime, because you and I both know like life is not made of all of those moments. I mean, climbing a mountain takes so long. You're up there for seconds and you say one of the biggest questions that people ask you all the time is that, right? I was 20 minutes on Everest. Carson's, I, I was probably 25 to 30 minutes and Everest was two months to get to the summit. And they, people tried to say, was that two months worth 20 minutes on top? And, and, you know, what you said, the beauty that I saw in those two months and the things I've learned about myself and people around me, the 20 seconds on top was probably what I remember and will remember for the rest of my life. But there's also bits and pieces in the two months leading to that, uh, that made that 20 minutes possible. So, so it's, it's those big life lesson events that, that you remember forever. And, 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 and you've got to be intentional. You've got to want to go climb a mountain. You've got to want something and and those are things that you know I want my grandkids to do. I want them to live a life that do big things, that create and accomplish things. And that and that's and I want them to intentionally be after that. And hopefully, I teach them about patience and all the things that guard against you know being obsessive about things. But I want them to live for the seconds. I want them to work two months to get. 20 minutes on top of Everest and and that's a metaphor for their life and but I want them to be able to enjoy the accomplishments that they can create. Yeah. And you're right like you do have to be intentional about things and yes great moments will happen if you just let life happen to you but how much greater could they be if you're really intentional about them and you think of what are the things that I would love to do in my life? What are these moments that I want to create? I think that's a wonderful lesson. And it's actually a really good segue into the last lesson because you're just talking about your grandkids and my dad's about to leave my house to go and go to doctor's appointments with my sister and her husband. They've got some complications that they're kind of making it through. Everything's going to be okay, but it's just going to be a little bit of a, a tougher road there at the beginning. And it's really cool that, yeah, my dad's intentional about these lessons when he's on the mountain, but when he comes back home, he's he's a really integral part of our lives and and watching our, our grandkids and watching his grandkid that's about to come into the world. And, you know, that's a cool thing. So we're going to get to this fifth lesson. And it, it's a really cool lesson. You know, the, the grandkids are, no matter how many mountains I've stood on top of, I still tell everybody the grandkids are the greatest accomplishment I've ever done. I had nothing to do with it, but create you. And then I'm enjoying being around them. Yeah. That's that's awesome. So this lesson is built around these things that are called handholds. And first explain what a handhold is on a mountain. Well, it came from, uh, I was following a guide and it was a very technical rock climb. And and we climbed a, a crack climb and this professional climber was, was a lead climber with a rope that belayed us. He was, he was grabbing the rock in a certain spot or putting his foot in a certain spot and I couldn't I couldn't reach either reach the handhold or put my foot as high as his foot was going and 
I would get to a point and I would see where he went and I would have to decide a different route to get there. Yeah. And, and I couldn't follow the same handholds that he was following to go to the, to the summit of Carson's. So it was, it was a good, you know, and then after I was, I was reading all of the lessons and the past climbs that I've done, I, I started thinking to myself, I said, you know, I'm, I'm laying down some handholds that my grandkids may not be possible, possibly able to, to reach or to climb. And, and my message on the, the handholds were the same as the lead climber. If you can't reach that, if you can't do that, you know, I was, I was leaving my grandkids. It's my permission to, to go a different route. You know, they may not be able to, go the same path that I did and that's okay. And and one of the things that with these lessons that I'm I'm putting down is, you know, this is this is, you know, my tools for them. And if they don't follow them, I'm going to be proud of them regardless. It's something that they've got to follow my exact handholds to get to the top of the mountain. They may find their own way. You found your own way. You know, I told you social media and influencing. I said, you need to get a real job. And, you know, that's a lesson that I learned that there may be a different way of, of doing things. And my grandkids will probably show me different paths or routes up a mountain that I may or may not be able to go along with them on. But that's how I tied the handholds that I couldn't reach and the lessons that I've been writing down for the last few years to my grandkids together. Yeah. You say lessons to grandchildren. Find your own handholds in life. I followed my Indonesian guide, navigate the rock, placing my hands and feet exactly where he did, somewhere beyond my ability, or I didn't feel comfortable, and backed up and found a different set of handholds. You say also, I also hope it helps you understand me and your family's passion for life like these lessons that you're talking about and you placing your handholds here. I'll be proud of you regardless if you follow my advice or not. I use mountains as a metaphor. It is a goal, obstacle, challenge, turmoil, crisis, anything that isn't a flat, straight line in your life. Your happiness is determined by you and you alone. And so is the path you take to find what gives you happiness. And we've talked a lot about happiness, about choosing your own happiness, about not deferring your happiness. And, you know, it's funny that you find all these lessons about happiness at 62 years old, freezing to death, like in a tent on top of a mountain. And it's just, I mean, it, it's its so funny. It's just such a, a life lesson that you've totally got to get out of your comfort zone to to find that happiness. You can't just like sit around and let life happen to you. And and just happen upon and stumble upon happiness. You really, I mean, for like lack of a better word, I mean, you really, you, you froze to death to find your happiness. You, you fought people that wanted you to stay on the ground to find your happiness. You, you did all of these things and it was all in in pursuit of that. And it's a really, really cool thing. And I, I love these lessons, especially about happiness. And, you know, as you're approaching the seventh summit, and a lot of people are like, are you done? Are you done after the seventh summit? What are you going to do? Because nobody wants him to climb anymore in his family. But, you know, do you feel like, do you feel like your happiness is tied in this goal? Do you feel like, you know, you're, 
you're learning about your happiness at at 62 climbing these mountains. Do you talk to me a little bit about that? Like here you are, you're almost at the end of your goal and you've really learned a lot of lessons about happiness, finding your own happiness and written a lot of great lessons, but how do you find your happiness post this huge goal? You, you, you never can predict what it is. And, and I guess the biggest thing is, is not letting someone else tell you what you need to be doing to be happy. Because like you said, someone can't understand the cold and the freezing and the, the physical pain, the cost to climbing mountains. And there will always be a mountain whether it's a physical mountain or not, but there will always be something that I'll pursue that will make me happy. And that's important at, at 62 or 22 or 12. And, and, you know, my message to my grandkids is, is pursue happiness and, and life's too short to be bitter, to be sad, to be impatient, to be, you know, dark and dreary and, 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 you know, happiness is not in, you know, p- people think it's in drugs or alcohol or, 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 or other human beings. It, it's, it's within yourself. It's something that you generate yourself and, and you know what makes you happy. You can feel it. It's not something that you look for approval from other people. It's something that you know when you do something that you truly are called to do and makes you happy and makes you joyful then that's what you pursue you know i climbed my first mountain with my two sons and and it's just something that called to me and that made me happy and that's what i chose to do more of and it may not be the biggest mountains in the world it may be getting alone and listening to my thoughts and writing my thoughts down and those are the things that make me happy and this whole this whole message is to my grandkids has made me purposeful about what I do on these journeys. You know, I I, I write down, and I think about, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I thinking that way? Why am I being impatient? Why am I letting a little bit of bad weather and some malaria ridden mosquitoes run my day? And, and and you know, those are those are things that I do that purposefully make me happy. And those are things that, you know, I hope my grandkids get out of this also. Yeah. In closing, because it's something that I've really found in in myself in January. My dad's, he's about to leave. So I I just, I, I stopped journaling like years and years ago. I never like wrote down the things that I thought in a day, the things that happened during the day. And I started doing that again in January. I swear it's like changing my life. And when you started doing these mountains, you intentionally, like you just said, you were really purposeful about writing down your lessons and writing down the things that you were thinking and how like that brought so much happiness. And I, I feel that even though like I'm climbing different mountains right now, I'm raising children, I'm running a business, I'm, I'm writing a book, I'm doing all these things. And just writing things down has been a really eye-opening, I never thought it would have brought me here kind of thing. And do you think that that's part of it? Do you think that that's documenting the things that you think? Yeah. It's, it goes back to the first one where, where I, I said it, physical strength and beauty memories, memory. another one that goes along with yeah. that. So, so, you know, I, you know, I, I look back and I read about it. That's what came up with find your own handholds is I read about it and I said, man, I'm, I'm telling my kids, grandkids, 
to do a lot of things that, <laughs> you know, I never did. And, you know, I would have liked to have been told this is right and wrong, which my parents did a good job at that. But I'm surprised when I go back and read what I've been writing for the last five years. I wish I'd have been doing it longer because I think, I think documenting your path is something that's a, that you figure out when you go when you you may need to you may need to go back and say well, how did I get out of that where was I going wrong and the notes of your life are kind of important to have yeah. going forward. The notes of your life are kind of important to have going forward. I love that. Well, this is this has been awesome, just like every single podcast with my dad, and I so appreciate you. A even taking the time to be purposeful and writing lessons to your grandkids. It's it's really amazing to have an awesome dad, as I had the best dad in the entire world. It's, I mean, it's clear as day, but it's really, really, really amazing to have an awesome granddad for my children, too. That's a really special thing. I'm really grateful for it, and I'm really grateful that you came on the podcast today to share lessons with my followers. So thanks, Dad. Glad, glad to be here. <laughs> All right. So that will bring this podcast to a close. I wanted to do a shorter one for you guys this week because some of these lessons are so powerful. I want you to take these lessons and, and think about them on your own. And hey, like my dad just said, write down the notes of your life. They may be important to go back to at some point in time. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Check out GaryClimbsMountains.com if you want to see or know more. And thanks again, Dad. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time. <laughs>